The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that your New Year's Eve celebrations are off to um, to a fun start. We are here uh, on New Year's Eve Eve. It is Saturday, December 30th, about 10.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. It is our live post-game show here uh, throughout the Blogging the Boys universe. You can watch us on the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel, the Blogging the Boys Twitch channel, or the Blogging the Boys Facebook page. You can watch us live, obviously, or you can catch the rewatch at your own convenience. You can also listen to this show on the Blogging the Boys podcast network at your own convenience, obviously. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify. Leave a rating, route, review those things, help us out. Uh, you can also make sure to visit bloggingtheboys.com 24-7-365, where you can read my work and the fantastic work of all of our staff, obviously talking about the greatest team in the world, the Dallas Cowboys. If you'd like to follow me, you think I'm funny or interesting or handsome, you can do so on Twitter, Instagram, or threads at RJ Ochoa or on TikTok at RJ.Ochoa. Okay, so what on earth was um, was the end of this game? Uh, Juan, sorry, this was the, the, um, uh, the, the comment I was looking to pull up, says, RJ, please explain that last Detroit flag. The Dallas Cowboys did beat the Detroit Lions 20-19, to the final score on Saturday night. Jimmy Johnson is now in the ring of honor. All seemingly felt right in the world, um, particularly when Donovan Wilson intercepted Jared Goff, made an incredible play. And then I don't know what Mike McCarthy did. We're going to have to get into that, of course. And then I don't know what Dan Quinn did, what Dan Quinn was thinking, uh, except going ultra Charmin style near the very end, all that prevent defense. And then all hell broke loose when the Detroit Lions scored what could have been a game-tying touchdown, what could have been a game-winning touchdown because of the ensuing two-point conversion attempt, which Detroit went for and hit on this crazy play uh, that was declared to be illegal in several different capacities by NFL officiating, uh, a matter that the ESPN broadcast tried their best to unpack. Uh, Then Detroit went for it again uh, because that's the Dan Campbell way, as we were told many different times by this broadcast. Speaking of this broadcast, did you guys know that Brandon Aubrey went to Notre Dame and was an MLS draft pick? Because I've never heard that before. Uh, But nevertheless, Micah Parsons uh, jumps and there's a penalty on the Cowboys. So for the third time in a row, seemingly the charm, the Cowboys, the Lions go back at it for a two-point conversion that will decide not only the game, but who could potentially be the number two seed in the NFC playoff picture. Jared Goff unsuccessfully gets this done. The Cowboys walk out of town or stay in town as winners. And we're all kind of uh, in this weird uh, place. And here's the thing. 
I don't believe in saying, well, the Cowboys got screwed by this in Philadelphia with the ineligibility thing. We all, of course, remember that um, with Terrence Steele and whatnot. So all works out, karmic retribution, et cetera, et cetera. No, if something is wrong, if the officials are messing something up, and if, even if it benefits the Cowboys, that's stupid. That's wrong. Um, that being said, I don't know that we have all of the answers at this moment in time. It's 1045 p.m. Central Standard Time on the dot. I promise you we will have you covered up to all the way through this at bloggingtheboys.com. And I can double promise you that our friends at Pride of Detroit, SB Nation's Detroit Lions community, they're going to have you covered on this. Um, the pool report that I have not seen yet apparently is not out. Um, we also haven't necessarily heard anything from the officials. Uh, it's completely... Um, unknown right now, who declared, how they declared, what the declaration was uh, in terms of eligibility. All we know right now, the objective fact of it all is that the Dallas Cowboys won. None of us are going to apologize for that, but it's fair to feel a little bit weird. Um, we never apologize for winning, to be very clear. That's a great uh, Bob Sturmism, but um, it felt kind of gross at the very end, if I'm being honest. But it definitely feels less gross being 11 and 5 throughout the gross process uh, than it would to be 10 and 6, right? That's kind of where we all ultimately fall down. Um, it was a very, 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 very weird uh, kind of situation. Now, Dan Campbell has spoken about this, and I don't have audio for it because um, I am talking to you. Here we go. Pride of Detroit, once again, our Detroit Lions website at SB Nation, live tweeting Dan Campbell's press conference. Dan Campbell said the officials thought Dan Skipper reported, and I'm reading their tweets verbatim here. So in essence, what happened was that Taylor Decker reported, and the officials thought it was Dan Skipper. Um, okay, so that seems to be what happened here. Um, so for anyone who didn't hear what happened, now Watsamata with a comment here says, number one, dude clearly did not declare, but number two, what's the ref doing running away with three players coming up on him? What the heck was that? Very strange uh, situation. By the way, Murder, She Wrote notes, verse victory polo Monday of 2024. Also, Dak number 44 to CD number eight, the 92-yard touchdown. Very, very well said. Okay, so if I'm understanding this, um, Dan Skipper, apparently the, who's a former cowboy, by the way, and who's been interviewed, uh, throughout the blog on the boys universe, by the way, I've interviewed Dan Skipper in the past before Dan Skipper reiterated in the lion's locker room that he did not say a word to the official. So what may have happened here, according to the tweets that we can kind of piece together here, um, is that Taylor Decker reported Taylor Decker, who caught the what would have been game-winning two-point conversion for the Lions, but the officials believed it to be Dan Skipper. That's why the officials believed that Taylor Decker was ineligible uh, because um, they mixed up the players. <laughs> they missed up. They mixed up the offensive linemen. Uh, that is really again. I'm figuring this out as I'm on live with you. I didn't want to wait any longer to start the live show. That appears to be what happened. Um, Pride of Detroit just tweeted out, never seen Dan Campbell, so he did after a loss. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so um, Dan Skipper is reiterating that he never said a word to the officials. Um, and once again, what appears to have happened, in case you just jumped in, is that Taylor Decker did report as eligible, which he was obviously, you know, which was a necessary component to that play working uh, beyond the fact that it literally works. Um, and as Troy Aikman noted on the broadcast, if you've been working on this play for a long time and you're going to pull off this, you know, eligibility kind of, you know, flirtation sort of play, you're going to, you know, make sure that your reporting is eligible for that kind of play specifically. So it does appear that Taylor Decker reported the official mistook Taylor Decker for 
Dan Skipper and therefore assumed that Taylor Decker did not report as eligible because the refs, in the refs' mind, here we go, they believed that the person who reported as eligible was Dan Skipper, even though it was Taylor Decker. Uh, now, Frederick Johnson says, uh, we should have lost this game. The Star Wars curmudgeon says, but Audrey, the rules are gone. The broadcast says it was still not legal at 60. It wasn't covered or whatever. That component of this is still um, a little bit unknown, but it does seem like um, <laughs> it does seem like the Cowboys really lucked out here. And again, I'm not. I'm not someone who's like a fan of saying things like, oh, well, it worked against Dallas and Philly and all this stuff. So we're even things like that. Um, it's a mess. Like if if that works out and it's a massive mess, because if the Eagles lose on Sunday or next week and if the Cowboys win next week, then Dallas is the two seed when it could have been Detroit. If Detroit manages to win their final game of the regular season, like you're talking about massive, massive massive playoff implications here and even if philadelphia doesn't lose philadelphia now controls their path towards the two seed philadelphia benefited in some way from this game breaking the way that it did uh so a very 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 crazy kind of ending here uh, now i want we obviously have a lot to get to but this just happened so um here's a quote from dan campbell in his press conference two people can't report i don't want to talk about it i explained everything pregame to a t it appears obviously this is not an uncommon thing that dan campbell let it be known that this might be something that they were going to do uh let's see here um uh matthew barry obviously of nbc tweeted out this explanation from john perry makes the ref sound even worse and is insane he's saying even though decker reported to the ref it's decker's fault that the ref didn't recognize or hear him um, so this apparently happened on SportsCenter. Scott Van Pelt pushed back on Perry, but Perry is defending the ref for missing it. The brotherhood does stick together. Um, let's see here. The more I see in the moment, it does appear that um, <laughs> it does appear that the Cowboys really lucked out. So um, we'll see. Again, as the details continue to unfold, we obviously have a full show to get to. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We obviously have some super chats to get to. Eston Kirby says, Dan Skipper was right by the ref at the same time as Taylor. Why was he over there just dumb? Um, look, I'm not going to blame Dan Skipper for being mistaken for Taylor Decker. That's on the officials. <laughs> That's really embarrassing. Think Tank Gallery says, Lions had three chances to win with a two-point conversion. They lost two of them. The Cowboys defense stepped up to close it out. I don't know that you can totally say, um, you know, that, Dallas won two of them uh, because Micah Parsons had a penalty, but um, it is what it is. Jay Arrowhead says on the book of faces, McCarthy gets to Detroit an extra 40 seconds when Dak threw the ball in that second down, even though we were in field goal range. I agree with that. All right. Um, making sure there's nothing else here. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is crazy. Uh, I've never seen this in the NFL um, or anything like this in sports. Uh, Michael Grove says we won the game, but they still played poorly, um, except CD lamb. I agree with that. All right. So Cowboys won potentially benefited from the officials being horrible. We've acknowledged this. All right. We've been on that side of things. We kind of all know what it is. It is what it is. Um, so Colby says, everyone is on it tonight here in BTB Nation. That's correct. I saw somebody mention my polo. Uh, I am not wearing my normal blog on the boys polo. I am wearing my Jimmy Johnson 1992 Dallas Cowboys coaching staff polo uh, because Jimmy Johnson is now a member of the Dallas Cowboys ring 
of honor. Uh, we have my uh, stock report to get to. We, of course, have all the playoff scenarios and implications to get to. We also have a free New Year's Eve. I hope you enjoy everything that you're going to be doing on New Year's Eve. I hope it's safe for you and healthy and fun and awesome. And you do not obviously have to stress about the Dallas Cowboys because you already did that this week. Uh, David, thank you for the super chat. I think this is a pound, two pounds. Thank you. That's super cool. That's a pretty rare thing around here. Uh, so annoyed about that 15-yard penalty. So stupid. Uh, Anthony, think of the super chats. Has never been so mad after a win. LOL. Stock down Mike and Pollard. Sheesh. Brian, everybody follow Brian on TikTok at Talk Cowboys. His co-MVPs for CD and Jimmy Johnson. Got to be both. If you are watching on the YouTube stream, you will see that our star of the game options, we have four of them, are literally all CD Lamb. This is a case, you know, closed kind of discussion, people. I'm, you know, I'm just slamming the door shut. This is CD Lamb is our star of the game. Congratulations to him. He was immaculate, obviously set the record for most receptions in a single season uh, in Dallas Cowboys franchise history, most receiving yardage in a single season in Dallas Cowboys franchise history. It was his first 200-yard game, CD Lamb. And it's unfortunate that we had all this kind of, you know, hullabaloo at the very end because it kind of took over what was an incredible performance from CD individually. John, thank you for the super chat. Says I truly not, I truly do not believe that they practice these late tight game situations. To do the wrong thing every time would suggest that DQ let them walk in, but Mike McCarthy gave them an eternity. Mr. Icon, thank you for the uh, super chats. Is what about the phantom tripping on Dallas that was Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah, I mean that was tough. Uh, but um, I mean. Also, I'm still trying to figure out. No, nobody seems to fully understand. Uh, but uh, this was a, a crazy sort of, um, you know, end to an NFL game. Uh, I want to go back to John's super chat, though. Um, I was not down. I do not have Dan Quinn on my stock down, and I, I think that that's kind of an indication of where I have Mike McCarthy after this game. Um, but the end of this game was horrible for Dan Quinn. What are you doing, dude? This is one of the best offenses in the NFL and a very aggressive head coach and a very aggressive offensive coordinator, a very aggressive offensive team overall. What are you doing just letting them walk all the way down and leaving this up to chance? And we all can even recognize that that chance kind of blew up in your face. Um, you know, it was a really um, kind of embarrassing, you know, overall attitude by the Cowboys defense to just let Detroit walk down the field and i'm happy that the broadcast was kind of killing them for it casey by the way thank you for the super chats it's, can we talk about the erroneous btb facebook post saying the game was tomorrow twice y'all blew that worse than the cowboys almost blew this game everybody's human casey it happens um jay arrowwood says no one other than mike mccarthy should be stocked down i disagree with you jay arrowwood uh eston kirby says to be honest we should have win been winning this game by multiple scores we shouldn't have even been in this position that i agree with um i said in my instagram reel and tiktok that i did uh, you can follow me on instagram at rjochoa um, that I actually felt pretty good about the Cowboys um, throughout most of this game. And, you know, it did feel like they should have had the lead. And you can pick and poke at certain things. Obviously, the Dak interception, uh, not at all to um, exonerate Dak, but it just my immediate reaction was that I thought that that was offsides. I thought that Dak thought it was offsides. I thought that Dak thought he had a free play, which is why he threw that pass. But, I mean, obviously, there was no free play. There was no offsides. Um, and it was an interception. It was a poorly thrown ball. Uh, Melifon has been awesome, obviously, as of late. Um, and so, okay, the, you've got the DAC interception. That's, you know, so, a, an opportunity that the Cowboys squandered. You've obviously got the CD fumble. And to be very clear, I think that rule is stupid regardless. So this game not only had the crazy ending, but it also had the worst rule in the NFL, which is a fumble through the end zone, netting and a touchback for the other team. The only time that has ever been cool is when Jeff Heath forced Derek Carr to do it six years ago uh, in the Cowboys final game ever played in Oakland, because obviously they're the Vegas Raiders now. But, um, 
But so you could look at that and, and you could kind of see how it did. This felt like the 2021 Cowboys or the 22 Cowboys at certain points. It felt like they were playing with their food. It felt like they would not put the Lions away. And you could argue that this was kind of who they were last week against Miami on the offensive side of the ball. The defense holding strong, holding strong, holding strong, holding strong, and the offense just never really showing up. Um, and that kind of happened here. I think the Cowboys defense deserves an enormous amount of credit, which is why I'm so upset that Dan Quinn, you know, just kind of fell apart at the very end. If not for that horrible defensive possession at the very end of this game, I think we'd be sitting here giving Dan Quinn some attaboys. We'd be saying, man, Dan, you shut down one of the very best offenses in the NFL. Yeah, they broke through one time, but, you know, hey, it's the NFL. You're not going to keep everybody out of the end zone unless they're the Philadelphia Eagles. And so I was really upset in that sense that Dan Quinn kind of threw away what was, you know, a really impressive game for him. Um, as you can hear uh, my dogs in the background, it is a very interesting kind of environment, apparently. Uh, there appears to be some early uh, fireworks happening here. Who pops fireworks on uh, New Year's Eve, Eve, by the way? Um, it is a uh, – it is a uh, – it is a uh, – We've got two dogs. You know how it goes, people that work from home life. Um, dogs want to bark. And they're obviously upset about this, too. Uh, Sion says Mike almost blew it. He really did. Um, I We have a lot of positive things to talk about. Actually, I want to, I want to get to some comments. It, Ray says, uh, RJ, the rule makes no sense. I don't want that. Oh, the rule makes sense. I don't want them to change it. I disagree with you, Ray. I hate the rule. Uh, Jose says, refs, boys, y'all needed that help. It was a very, very, very friendly call for the Cowboys at the very end of this um let's see here i'm still people this is this is getting zapruder filmed by people they're obviously looking at all tiny details um jared goff apparently sent taylor decker and told him to report as eligible so again people are going to say that the cowboys benefited from the officiating here we've already covered that at the beginning of this post game show mr farrow says we need to have a long discussion on dan quinn and going soft prevent defense on the last drive once again embarrassing i don't hold that as much against dan quinn last week in miami um because I think they just got beat, but they just let the Lions do this. This was crazy. Um, and it obviously all was allowed, um, you know, by Mike McCarthy and the horrible play call on second down on the offensive possession that led to the, the Brandon Aubrey field goal. Kenny says in the chat, I just missed the first half of the season before Thanksgiving. Scott says Mike McCarthy called an awful game. Lonely Catman says, yeah, I felt similar to last week. Juan says the offense and for the most part was sleeping during the first half. I agree. Uh, SJ, thank you for the super chat. Says, even though this is a win, Mike McCarthy has some explaining to do. Goff gives you a pick and you throw three consecutive times, LOL. And Dan Quinn has been getting cooked a bit too much lately. I would only push back against, I don't feel like Dan Quinn really ever got cooked. I feel like Dan, at one point, Dan Quinn just led everybody in the kitchen. Uh, but I feel like Dan Quinn called a really great game. I felt like there was appropriate pressure and the Cowboys were able to get home. They got home with players that weren't just Micah Parsons. It was a really awesome defensive game that I hope we don't lose sight against uh, or lose sight of because of what happened at the very end. Um, John uh, says DK Metcalf did that against us in 2020, right? Oh, you're talking about the fumble at the end zone. Yes, that did happen in the game in Seattle. Um, Dr. Gonzo with the common responses. How about you just don't fumble at the goal line? I get it. I don't like the rule. That's fine. If that makes me crotchety, whatever. Um, all right, let's get down to um, your B army. Thank you for the super chat. Says, I will always maintain this. The Cowboys win despite McCarthy passing throws before the last defensive drive lost the game. Um, I don't agree that the Cowboys always win despite Mike McCarthy. Um, I have, if you have watched me or paid attention to my content or anything I do, I've given Mike McCarthy a lot of flowers this season. Um, and I believe that he earned all of the flowers that I gave them. Um, I think we have some Lions fans in here in the chat. 
look, we're not here to be like, oh, you suck or you stink. Um, we acknowledge that the end of this game was very, very, very strange. Sorry that it didn't go your way. We've been there before. Uh, you know, good luck on the playoffs. Hopefully we meet again. We can kind of, you know, fix this thing. Last Cowboys Lions playoff game worked out really well for us and didn't have any questionable officiating either. Uh, Kel Benjamin, um, for the, thank you for the super chats. For Jimmy John's ring of, uh, ring of Honor induction, can we get a how about them, Cowboys? I will give you a quiet one, Kel, because as I mentioned, the work from home life, my two-year-old son is asleep, and if I wake him up or if those dogs wake him up, we're all in trouble. So how about them, Cowboys? Jimmy had the loudest one of the night. I'm not here to you know, upstand Jimmy Johnson. Um, the Star Wars curmudgeon says, uh, tonight McCarthy earned a bag of flaming dog poop. He was awful. Um, I would love to... Um, to start with the stock up, obviously, and we have mostly stock ups to get to, but I guess we have to have this conversation. Stock down Mike McCarthy. Dude, what are you doing? And I thought, to be clear, I know it's hindsight and it's easy to say. I thought even Dan Campbell was a little bit, you know, wild in this game. I don't know that I loved the, all of the two-point conversions. I don't know that I loved all the fourth down attempts. I love aggression in general. Uh, but Dan Campbell was a little too much for me tonight, but we're not here to uh, criticize Dan Campbell. Uh, he has a right to be upset, obviously, as we just discussed. But Mike McCarthy, dude, what the hell are you doing? And why, 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 why is there ever a point where CeeDee Lamb is not the like top priority for you? Why are you prioritizing, no due disrespect, to why are you why are you prioritizing Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn getting touches over CeeDee Lamb? And hell, not even CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson. That has to be the plan. You cannot sit here and try to establish the run. I don't care what this is about for you. I don't care if you're trying to get ready to run the ball in January because that's an ism. No, you have to go through the stars. You have to go through the playmakers. It is a joke at this point that like when CeeDee Lamb touches the ball, good things happen. But it's a joke because it's a literal truth. I don't know why you would steer away from this at any point ever. And yeah, we've already touched on it a lot. Obviously, as we've mentioned, the kind of chaos at the end of this game. What are you doing, dude? And I did not come down on McCarthy as hard as a lot of you did for when he did this at the very end of the Seattle game, which the Cowboys narrowly won as well. I was fine with the aggression in that instance. I explained it that way. This is too much. On a night where you were not, that was a different night where the offense was obviously playing at an incredibly high level. It felt like everything they touched turned to gold. What are you doing, dude? And not just throwing, but throwing deep down the field. It'd be one thing if you're trying this high percentage, you know, dump off or screen pass or whatever, and it just doesn't go your way. There's a weird tip at the line of scrimmage or somebody drops it like Tony Pollard. But to just kind of chunk it downfield and and stop the clock for the Lions, what are you doing? I mean, this is something that all of us who are watching from our couches at home can look at and say, that's dumb. Don't do that. So I have a very difficult time sitting here and giving Mike McCarthy anything other than demerits for how he coached and called this game. He almost blew this game. In fact, if we're being fair, if we're being proper, if we're being objective to the Lions fans who are in the chat, he should have blown this game. The Cowboys should have lost this game, barring some sort of amazing comeback in the final 23 seconds or whatever it was with one timeout or two, I forget at this moment in time. I mean, they should have lost this game. And the reason for that should have slash would have slash is Mike McCarthy and the way he handled that. We sat here. I know there was some chatter about Dan Campbell getting cocky or arrogant with all the fourth down and two-point conversion attempts. That was cocky. That was arrogant. Actually, I don't even mean that. To say it was cocky or arrogant implies that there was some level of logic that agreed with him. That was just dumb. That was silly. That was ridiculous. That was without purpose. That was 
only something that could cause harm to the overall goal, which he did and which we almost unfortunately had to live throughout the ramifications of. So stock down Mike McCarthy. I'm not here for it. I'm still a believer in Mike McCarthy. We don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but Saturday night was a very, very, very bad night for him. Kenneth Cook, thank you for the super chat. Says no running game, O-line in shambles. I hope we're not online uh, in shambles. That would be tough. Says we can't run. We can't stop the run. Very, very nervous. Thank God that the Eagles suck. Um, I think that's fair, um, but I mean, there's still a little bit of time. Like, I'm not ready to panic, um, but I get it. These are fair concerns. Uh, let's move on here. Um, let's catch up. Uh, by the way, Daddy and uh, the chances. Let's go Arizona. The Cardinals are visiting the Eagles tomorrow. We need them to win. Uh, let's get to to. I'm catching up on comments. Um, we um, Ray says I loved him going for two, but the third time he should have kicked it. Talking about Dan Campbell. Um, Let's see. Okay, let's um, let's move on. So stock down for me, Mike McCarthy. Let's just get through the stock down so we can try to be done with the negative vibes here. Um, stock down for me, Jake Ferguson. Um, I felt like, you know, Jake had two moments where it felt like, man, he should make that catch. It's not a big stock down, but, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, how stock report, the stock report is contextual, is relative. Um, this was not um, This was not Jake Ferguson's best day for the Dallas Cowboys, and that's okay. Um, you know, it's it's whatever. Uh, Kevin, I see that we missed your super chat. Apologies, I just found it. Um, so thank you for reminding me. Thank you for the super chat, Kevin. It says I don't. I know we won, and we're not into harping on the refs here. But that second quarter no call on Micah Hold was egregious. Still happy for the win. Uh, by the way, we did now get through another game without a holding call gone against uh, Micah Parsons, which is just crazy at this point in time. But Micah himself did obviously draw a penalty, which was a bummer. Uh, Shane says those were tough catches for him to make, in my opinion. RJ, um, that's fine, but we hold Jake Ferguson to a high standard. And, you know, if we have to stretch for some stock downs here, it was a weird stock game. I mean, I, I have a lot of ups, but, you know, we feel kind of bad. And the Cowboys won. So, like, our emotions are all over the place. Uh, Colby says, RJ, we beg for starts stars to get more touches drops can be the result of increased targets and touches i'm with you that's colby talking about the jake ferguson point he had moments to deliver and we sit here and we give jake ferguson his flowers and we talk about how he's one of the more dangerous you know offensive players within the cowboys arsenal and he fell short in those particular moments it doesn't mean he sucks it doesn't mean he's trash it means he missed in those moments and he's human that's okay uh fernando by the way says good game seeing the playoffs dan campbell doesn't play for a tie i think fernando is saying that as a lions fan best of luck fernando happy new year to you uh kelby by the way says love the helmet tree in the back I haven't noticed it before that is the tree of life for anyone who has uh, followed me throughout my content creation journey uh, that has been a staple of shows that i've done in the past um, if you can't tell, all of the helmets are paired in the matchups that they are in this week. I update it every week because that's how I roll. Anyway, uh, all right, let's. Um, uh, Jenny White says, Why did we just stop throwing a gallop as well? Jenny, I'm sorry, I don't think Michael Gallup's a, a real kind of part of the offense right now, uh, in terms of what's. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Happening. He did draw a penalty, though. So kudos, Michael Gallup. Thank you for that. That was very helpful. Um, final stock down for me. And it's a bummer. Um, I'm not enjoying it. A lot of you have said this in the chat, but stock down Tony Pollard. I mean, dude, um, what? Like, this is 16 carries, 49 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. Wow. Um, not great. Uh, now, you know, you could play with this a few different ways. I mean, he did have one 18-yard run. Jameer Gibbs, who it felt like had a somewhat productive night, only had 15 carries for 43 yards on the other side of things and had a 17-yard run, so kind of an identic night for uh, for him. But David Montgomery was a better runner. It just feels um, it feels like Tony Pollard is so stuck. Like, I don't want to use the word slow, but it just feels like he's stuck. It feels so difficult. If And then it doesn't help that, you know, he's got an opportunity with like the whole entire field in front of him and Dak hits him and he just drops it. Um, so I don't know. It's a bummer. I don't trust the Cowboys run game at all right now. And I feel badly about that. And I know a lot of you do. Um, and so, you know what, maybe just, maybe just don't do that. Right. Like maybe, maybe just, maybe just don't try to, you know, think, think about this, like in a general sense, Tony Pollard had 16 carries on the night and he had, let's see how many targets, three targets. So you're talking about, you know, 20 plays where Tony Pollard was the primary focus. Um, and that doesn't seem like it's going to net you any positive results right now. Colby says TP just doesn't seem to be seeing the holes on top of the blocking being mediocre for runs up the gut. He looks good when he's fresh in his blocks, but outside of that, it's ugly. That's what I'm saying. It just feels so you know, whatever. And a lot of you are saying, get him moving outside. I agree with that. I mean, you've got to find a way to create some space for him because he's not capable of doing it. Generally, nobody is under duress, but you know, at this moment in time, so you have to help him out. You have to scheme him open. And, you know, even when you do though, he's got to catch the ball, right? Like that's on Tony Pollard. And so it's, um, it's not fun to watch. Uh, Kenneth says, RJ, what is the reason TP went downhill? He had a really big injury. I mean, I don't know how much we associate, you know, to that, but it has to be at least part of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate. And it does feel like he holds the Cowboys offense back when the ball is in his hands. Hopefully that is something that changes. But the reality is, you know, next week against Washington is hardly going to be a game of consequence. Now, we hope it is. We hope that the Eagles lose tomorrow and that Dallas is playing for the NFC East title and the two seed in the NFC. But the next time Tony Pollard's playing up against a team who's like, you know, in the thick of it, it's going to be in the playoffs. And so that is um, a scary proposition. Uh, that is my final stock down. So negative vibes out of here. Um, let's do positives. How do we start anywhere else but CD Lamb? CD Lamb finished this game. Uh, he entered this game, I should say, needing three receptions for that record and needing 180 yards for that record. CeeDee Lamb finished with 17 targets, uh, 13 receptions, 227 yards. The touchdown, obviously the touchdown was a 92-yard touchdown. Um, what is there to say? He's our star of the game for a reason. CeeDee Lamb, Lamb is the most talented Cowboys offensive playmaker they've had in a very, very long time. And he is... He is right now in the 2012-2014 Dez zone when Dez was just 
this unstoppable monster. Um, obviously, things kind of change a little bit after that. But it's a different level of power and finesse that he has in this overall package. And so um, I am very grateful that he is a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Kenny, by the way, says in the chat, it's so funny when we said two seasons ago, was he going to live up to the 88? Y'all make me sick. Ha ha. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great thing to have CD Lamb. Uh, making sure I'm not missing any updates. Uh, here's Jared Goff's quote, by the way. Uh, let's get this off the screen just, again, for, for more context. Jared Goff said at the podium, pretty confused. What I do know and I don't know if I'll get fined for this. Oh, sorry. What I do know and I don't know if I'll get fined for this. But I do know that Decker reported. I do know that Dan Skipper did not. And I do know that they said that Dan Skipper did. More corroboration that the officials mistook Taylor Decker for Dan Skipper in the eligibility reporting. Uh, but, you know, I mean, there's no but. <laughs> it's really embarrassing for NFL officials. Um, and it saved the Cowboys. And look, the Cowboys went undefeated at home this season. I don't know if any of you have fully recognized that um, just because of the chaos of all this. The Cowboys are 8-0 at home, but it's very possible that they don't even play another home game because they have to win the division in order to do so. And if they win the division in order, you know, obviously uh, they will play at least one home playoff game. And if they win it, they will at least play another because the only way the Cowboys win the division at this point in time is as the two seed. They cannot be the three seed. They cannot be the four seed. It is two or five. And so if, you know, <laughs> if if the Cowboys, you know, are able to pull that off, they have an undefeated record at home. Um, and this helped make it possible for them to play two games to get to the NFC Championship game, which is the hallowed ground that they haven't been able to reach for 30 years, of, basically. Um, so it was kind of big. <laughs> like It was kind of a big deal uh, that this happened. Um, it shaped, you know, potentially, not even potentially, it literally changed the, the direction uh, of the NFC playoff picture because, as mentioned, now Philadelphia controls their path towards the two-seed in the conference. So um, it is a really embarrassing thing we benefited from this to be very clear i want to i want to be very upfront about this but this is a very 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 embarrassing thing for the nfl that this happened in a game of such consequence where there is going to be this ripple effect across the nfl uh james i think puts it well here says terrible way to win that game agreed um all right let's move on stock up for me next uh up demarcus lawrence how do you have how is there anybody who doesn't believe that DeMarcus Lawrence is great. I want to know that. Who who out there doesn't believe that DeMarcus Lawrence is great? Who are the people that are sitting here and saying DeMarcus Lawrence doesn't have the sacks and doesn't have all this stuff? Quit being silly. Quit being ridiculous. DeMarcus Lawrence is one of the very best defenders in the NFL. He made my stock report last week. He, I thought DeMarcus Lawrence was the best player on the Cowboys in Miami. I mean, I had almost had that incredible play on Tyreek Hill in the backfield, but just missed. I mean, DeMarcus Lawrence was a man on a mission against the Detroit Lions. And I would argue, if not for Micah Parsons really showing up, was the best defensive player on the team for the second week in a row. So serious kudos to DeMarcus Lawrence. The fact that he's kind of peaking at the right time is, is super exciting, obviously, for the playoffs. I don't think it's a coincidence uh, that DeMarcus Lawrence is, you know, kind of starting to find his form as the playoffs begin. I don't think it's a coincidence that as he has found his form, the overall kind of defense has stabilized. And I will give DeMarcus Lawrence a lot of credit because a lot of people came for him after the Cowboys got worked by James Cook and the Buffalo Bills, and they threw that quote back in his face. 
when D-Law is saying all the fun lines and quotes after beating the Eagles, everybody takes it up and eats it and loves it. And then when they lose, they throw it back in his face. That's so unfair to the guy. But you know what he did? He took the performance in Buffalo. He worked on himself. He got better. And he has led the team to two impressive performances, granted only one win. So kudos to Demarcus Lawrence. Do not be one of the people who says something silly like that Demarcus Lawrence is not one of the best defensive players in the NFL. So kudos to him. I mentioned it. Kudos to Micah Parsons. Dude, what? Dude, I said on Kay Adams' show on Friday that the Cowboys would require a Herculean performance for Micah Parsons to win this game. I think they got that Herculean performance. It didn't have the kind of flash play that we're used to seeing from, from Micah Parsons, excuse me, but he was all over the place. And it felt like his motor was at a very different level in this game. It felt like Micah just, again, kind of propelled things outside of the, the Marcus Lawrence of it all. Micah Parsons, I felt like, really showed up in a moment, in an hour, in a game where the Cowboys really needed their stars to show up. That didn't totally happen, you know, on offense, but it definitely happened on defense. As Kevin notes, Parsons was a big factor in the run game. So kudos to Micah Parsons. Very, very happy to see this. Carlos, thank you for the super chat. Says it was a roller coaster of a game that got upstaged by the refs again. A win is a win. CD is a monster. Our run game is putrid at best, and we need to figure it out to be at least mediocre. Go Cowboys. That's well said. Shane says Parsons had a great game against the run. Catching those running backs all night was fun to see. Kevin says Parsons was robbed from his holding calls this week, just like the chat on Tuesday. Uh, for those of you who aren't uh, watching the roundtables every Tuesday night, you missed out on a fun week. We'll just leave it at that. Stock up Jordan Lewis. Dude, the Michigan man himself. Maybe a, uh, a positive precursor to the college football playoff. Um, I don't know if anybody's willing to take Michigan over uh, over Bama. That's up to you. Obviously, I will. I'll go out on that limb. Uh, I think I was going to do it anyway. But, you know, Jordan Lewis has inspired me. And how cool. I tweeted this out. Jordan Lewis had an interception in his final game of the season last year. You will recall he was lost to injury in that game, an October game in 2022 against the Detroit Lions. A son of Michigan, Jordan Lewis is. He fought back. He returned to form. He fought back from the injury. He got back. All of you people, not all of you people, but you know which people I'm talking to. You guys wanted to take away his number two, and you wanted to give it a Deuce Vaughn because we were obsessed with that story in the preseason. Jordan Lewis said, hell no, this is my number two. It's a third number I've worn for the Cowboys because I keep changing my mind and I want to wear different numbers, and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to stand tall. And how cool that his first time playing the Lions since his last game against them last year where he was injured and lost for the season when he had an interception, a son of Michigan, a literal Michigan Wolverine that he had the interception at the very beginning, which was kind of the catalyst of all the defensive play and defensive prominence that we saw throughout the game. Jordan Lewis has been on fire as of late. And Jordan Lewis is playing in a way this season that we weren't necessarily expecting of him. We all thought, oh, this team's cornerback group going to be Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland's our slot guy. Well, the Trayvon Diggs injury happened, and we gave Deron Bland, rightfully so, and I know he got worked by Jamison Williams, which, hey, I'm not going to blame him for. But still, we've given Deron Bland a lot of props throughout this season for living up to the challenge. It's time to give Jordan Lewis some props. All right, he did not show up thinking he was going to be this team's starting nickel corner, obviously, this season. He has played out of his mind. Kudos to Jordan Lewis. He gets my game ball because that was so cool. That was such a cool, like, you know, overall closing a full circle story. Um, that was awesome. I, I know we got some super chats as I was um, on my spiel there. Kevin says, huge game for Lewis. A few good games in a row now. Very, very well said. Carlos says, I missed your super chat about Lewis. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, I do not see it, Carlos. I'm definitely looking. I don't see a super chat. Oh, here we go. Uh, Carlos, I found it. Stock up Jordan Lewis. Thank you, Carlos. Dude's been solid the past two weeks. A win is a win, but we got things to clean up 
if we want to be successful in the playoffs. That's very well said. Um, now let's see here. Um, okay, I got that. I think I'm caught up on super chats, except for the most recent ones. Let's move on. Richard says Jordan Lewis played a great game against the run, too. Uh, Shane says still impressive how this defense keeps getting interceptions without digs. Elijah Ross is happy new year. All I love that. Anthony, uh, thank you for the super chat. Says another solid win against a plus 500 team. Run defense looked determined to stop the run. What can the run offense do to pick it up? More CD and more Dak to free up. Tony, uh, talking about Tony Pollard. Agree with you. Go Cowboys. Yeah, got to get CD Lamb involved. Got to get Rico Dowdle involved. The Deuce Vaughn thing ain't going to work. It's got to be Rico Dowdle. It's got to be CD Lamb. You want to give Hunter Lipke another chance? I'm all for that. You got to get Dak moving, but just handing it off to Tony Pollard isn't going to be enough. I'm sorry. I'm just. We're being honest at this point in time. Honesty is the best policy. All right. Um, Bree Bree Nick says, can't stop watching SVP. I'll catch the rest on the podcast. Happy New Year. Don't drink and drive. Hey, Bree Bree Nick, if you're picking SVP over me, that's fine. SVP is the best. So, you know, I'm happy being your silver medalist here. Thank you for catching up on the podcast, though. Um, Jenny White says, Donovan Wilson had a good game as well. Not a stock up for me, but an honorable mention. Definitely so. And that hurts me as an Aggie. But honorable mention for Donovan Wilson. Uh, Tim Lowe says Dono is up next. You know what? You guys convinced me. I'm going to add it and I'll add it in the article. Don't worry. Let's go stock up Donovan Wilson. I can't leave him off. You guys are right. Stock up Donovan Wilson. And yeah, I feel bad for Donovan because, and I mentioned this a little while ago, he should have had the interception that won the game. If Mike McCarthy just kind of, you know, did the smart thing, the Cowboys would have won the game after Donovan Wilson's interception. So he was robbed of kind of a hero's moment that stunk for him. Uh, but thank you, all of you, for keeping me accountable and getting Donovan Wilson in here. I see some super chats. I'm making my way there. AU No, thank you, says stock up on Goff's forehead pimple, Jimmy's belt mishap, Campbell's piece of gum, and Troy's oversized blazer. The blazer thing was crazy. Um, <laughs> what, like, what, like, um, what, like, how is Troy Aikman's suit jacket that big? Um, I don't know the last ring of honor ceremony Troy Aikman attended. Um, it has to have been a while ago because these obviously happen, um, at, at halftime. I would, I would guess that maybe it was Gil Brandt, um, which was four or five years ago because that was a Thursday night game. Um, I don't know that Troy has lost. I don't know if he's lost weight or anything. I mean, I, I don't know his personal life, but I can't imagine he's lost enough to where that suit made sense at one point in time, that suit jacket. So uh, that was funny. Davis, thank you for the Super Chat. Says a win is a win, but have a blessed night and a happy new year, RJ. Very well said. All right. I think that we're caught up on Super Chats. Okay. So uh, Hiram says, let's go Cowboys. Uh, Jay Arrowwood says, Laporta ran wild on Wilson and Curse. Yeah. Um, Kenny, by the way, says shout out to Marcus Ware forever. Just cause it's nice to see. Um, okay, so uh, Richard says, how is Larry Allen not in the ring of honor? He is in the ring of honor. Just so we're clear about that. Um, making uh, so Jared got so um, yeah, more about this stuff uh, on the officiating. It's shocker here. The lines are pissed. Uh, okay. Let's move on. Stock up for me. Two quick ones. Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler. Uh, because I said this week on a show that the Cowboys had to get production, had to get contributions from their defensive players that were not their superstars. Obviously, they have to get production from their superstars. But it had been a long time, I feel like, since we'd seen Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler in the mix. So the fact that they showed up, it was nice to see. It felt like the 2022 Cowboys defense in that sense. So very, very, very cool. Um, Watsamata, I think I agree with this. Not I think. I know. Uh, it says Dante set the pace early. Agree with that. Well, well put, my friend. Stock up. How could we not say 
Brandon Aubrey. I mean, what? <laughs> I don't, I've lost, look, I like to think that I have a way with words sometimes, right? You know, I talk for a living, I write for a living. So if I don't, to some degree, you know, not exactly going to work out for me. But that being said, I've lost the ability to quantify what Brandon Aubrey's doing. I've I've lost the ability to comprehend what Brandon Aubrey's doing. Juan, by the way, says, did you know that he used to be a soccer player? I did not. Uh, thank you so much, Juan. I appreciate you very, very, very much. Uh, David says, Joe Buck tried to jinx Brandon Aubrey. He can't be jinxed. Edam says, love your show, bro. Thank you very much. Um, man, and Steve says, and we all complained about Aubrey before the season started. <sighs> I mean... This man has made 35 field goals, which as a sentence on its own would be worthy of praise. All right. Like if he just hadn't made 35 field goals, that would be incredible. Does anybody remember what the record was for most consecutive field goals made to begin a career? Remember when that was like what we were tracking? It was 19. That was the record. That was the number that Brandon Aubrey was shooting for was 19 field goals to start his career consecutive. And it felt like, oh. He got the record. We're good. We like we're we're playing with house money here. Once he hit number nineteen, he's at thirty-five. <laughs> he he is one shy of doubling. You know this mark. I mean, or whatever. I mean, like what? Like how is this? This is not a real thing at this point in time. This is a dream. This is fake. This is some Truman Show stuff. This is impossible. What what Brandon Aubrey is doing at this point in time. All relative context added. And you know what? Joe Buck, who did try to drink uh, jinx Brandon Aubrey as far as I'm concerned, if we have to put up with the Notre Dame thing and the MLS thing every time, then you need to talk to the NFL about qualifying him as a rookie. Because I don't, I'm not going to stand for this like, well, he's technically not a rookie by the NFL's measurement. Get out of town. He's a rookie. All right. I don't want to hear your hogwash explanation. He's a rookie. Give him all the honors. Quit taking things from our king, Brandon Aubrey NFL. You losers. Give Brandon Aubrey his due. Do not disqualify him from his praise because of your stupid rules give brandon aubrey his flowers give him his credit the man has made 35 field goals in a row to start his career make up a way to get him on the board or whatever for a rookie make up a special honor make up something awesome this is unprecedented what we have seen uh so stock of brandon aubrey well 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 said um you know by everybody anyway uh next up for me stock up brandon cooks caught you know not what was the game-winning touchdown, but what was kind of the game-winning touchdown and had a great night. Obviously, it was difficult um, to do anything impressive uh, outside of C.D. Lamb, obviously. But I feel like Brandon Cooks did that. And where I know we took a little bit of a shot at Michael Gallup earlier, but the fact is that Brandon Cooks has, you know, arrived and served as a proper wingman uh, for C.D. Lamb. And that is obviously, you know, something that was needed last year. The Cowboys were partly bounced in the playoffs. There were a lot of reasons, but part of the reason was they did not have a proper running mate for CeeDee Lamb. Brandon Cooks is that. In moments where it cannot be CeeDee Lamb, it is sometimes Jake Ferguson or it is sometimes Brandon Cooks. It is so refreshing to have that other playmaker, that other dynamic playmaker who can be involved, who can do something special. The touchdown was a work of art. 
Brandon Cooks, you rule. Uh, in case anybody's curious, I like to slip this in when I can. I asked Brandon Cooks this at um, a training camp in Oxnard. I'd seen him post some things on Instagram about F1. Uh, his favorite F1 team is Mercedes. So if anybody's curious, you know, if you're a Ferrari person like me or McLaren or whatever, sorry, Brandon Cooks, he's team Ferrari, team Lewis Hamilton. There you know. The more you know. Uh, final um, stock up for me. This is a unique one, but how could we not do it? How could we not do it? Stock up Jimmy Johnson. I know that there's a lot on our mind right now. I know that we're all over the place. I know that we're going to hear about this stupid eligibility, ineligibility, formation, lineup, on the ball, off the ball, whatever. I mean, we're going to hear about this till we're exhausted. We're already exhausted, all right? So that happened. The Cowboys also won this game. The Cowboys also are alive for the NFC East. The Cowboys are also alive for the two seed. In fact, 24 hours, not even 24 hours, what, like 18 hours from now, the Cowboys could be in control of the NFC East and the two seed, obviously. That being said, oh, I will get to the pool report in a moment. It's out. Um, that being said, Jimmy Johnson went into the Hall of Fame. Or the Hall of, he, well, he did go to the Hall of Fame, but on Saturday night, Jimmy Johnson went into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor. And look, there are times where I think all of us get a little bit annoyed at the pomp and circumstance that the Cowboys can be. And generally, it's when the Cowboys are losing. But this was so cool. Like, it was so awesome that this was just a thing from the very beginning and that Jimmy got his moment, that everybody was there. I, one of my favorite parts about the whole sequence was that when Jimmy first kind of walked onto the field, obviously, for the ceremony to begin before Jerry Jones began to speak, one of my favorite parts was that the triplets and the 90s Cowboys, so beyond, you know, the triplets, but Charles Haley, Darren Woodson, that they were the first persons to to greet, you know, Jimmy Johnson right there on the field, kind of give him that first hug. I thought that was so cool. I thought it was so cool how the older generation of Cowboys, Mr. Staubach, Mr. Lilly, uh, Mr. Renfro, Mr. Pearson, et cetera, et cetera, how they kind of held back. It kind of reminded me, um, if you're a golf fan, you know, when somebody's going to win the masters and their playing partner for the day kind of holds back and lets the person go soak up the moment. It was really cool that that moment got to belong um, to, to Jimmy and kind of his era of the Cowboys. And it felt like, you know, an era of the Cowboys that means a lot to us. Um, you know, it, it felt like it finally was, was given its due. Like it, like it, it finally is, is where it needs to be. Um the Star Wars convention says it was a beautiful ceremony. Jimmy was 100 times the coach McCarthy is. I've said this before. Um, by the way, uh, Watsamata says, I openly had tears during the Jimmy Johnson induction. Um, obviously, I'm most happy for Jimmy, and as a fan of Survivor, even more so. Um, but beyond that, and I'm, I'm so happy for the players who we love and the people who we love and, and that we've rooted for and that have molded who we are as football fans and as sports fans, right? Like, I would imagine there's a lot of you who who are as passionate as you are about the Cowboys that led you to discovering something like Blogging the Boys or me, RJ Ochoa. Um, you know, there, that fire, that passion, that whatever was born in you because of of this group of people, because of this group of human beings. And so for it to all kind of culminate in in sort of a, a level of permanence and a level of immortality like this is a really cool thing. Uh, so I'm super happy for Jimmy and I'm super happy for all the you know people who are directly involved. But I'm also super happy for everyone i'm super happy for all dallas cowboys fans i'm super happy that we all got to live this and we all got to experience this and we all got to watch this i mean i i mentioned for the podcast audience i'm wearing my 1992 jimmy johnson dallas cowboys coaching staff polo my dad gave me this polo and i love the cowboys because my dad loves the cowboys and so um i'm super happy that my dad got to see this i'm super happy that you know this this is a 
a gift and a, you know, some would call it a curse, but that is passed down and that, that belongs to generations, that, that belongs to families and that belongs to all sorts of connections and all sorts of relationships. And so, I mean, this was a really powerful moment. And so I'm so happy that the appropriate people sat down, had the right conversations, made this happen. This was just one of the coolest non-football things to ever happen to the Dallas Cowboys in any of our lifetimes. Uh, so kudos. Um, and a lot of you are noting that the curse may finally be lifted. I'll tell you what, if you don't if you don't believe the curse is lifted, consider all the crap that happened with the eligibility and ineligibility thing. The only, you know, force of the universe that it could have propelled the Cowboys to a win through that garbage was the curse being lifted that held down this franchise for almost three decades. Um, so very cool night. Um, indeed, super happy for Jimmy Johnson. He has to be a stock up. We can't obviously leave without mentioning him in that respect. Um, I mentioned the pool report. So if anyone's unaware of the pool report, what this is, is um, officials from a game, they meet with a pool reporter. They're asked questions that are then disseminated um, to all the media Unlike um, a player or a coach, officials don't do a post-game press conference. They just do this conversation, and then it is shared. So I'm going to read this for you. The question is, why was there a penalty called on the two-point conversion for an illegal touch? Brad Allen, the official, um, said this. And I know we have some Lions fans here who are upset, so I hope this is helpful for you. Um, so we had a – and this is verbatim. So we had a situation where if you were going to have – an ineligible number occupy an eligible position, you have to report that to the referee. On this particular play, number 70, who had reported during the game a couple of times, reported to me as eligible. They're talking about Dan Skipper here. Then he lined up at the tackle position. So actually, he didn't have to report at all. Number 68, Taylor Decker, who caught the two-point conversion, who ended up going downfield and touching the pass, did not report. Therefore, he is an ineligible touching a pass that goes beyond the line, which makes it a foul. So the issue is number 70 did report, number 68 did not. Everything that we have seen in terms of the immediate aftermath of this denies this. Brad Allen is the only person who is, is attesting to this particular, you know, alleged truth. Follow-up question. There was a player that went to you just before the play. It was Decker, and he was talking to you two linemen talking to you, and then you went to the Cowboys defensive line to speak to them. What was that conversation about? Brad Allen says that conversation is where number 70, standing on the fact that it was Dan Skipper again, reports to me, and then I go to the defensive team, and I say to them, number 70 has reported as an eligible receiver. So they will be aware of who has reported, and then I return to my position. That was the conversation with the defensive line. Follow-up question we noticed there were two flags thrown on that same play. Was there another penalty called on that play as well? Finally, Brad Allen says yes, because number 70, once again, Dan Skipper, reported as eligible, and he was covered up on the line of scrimmage. That makes it an illegal formation. So number 70 is in an illegal position because he is covered up by rule, and number 68 catches the pass, which is also illegal. Um, All I know is somebody is lying. Somebody is wrong here. And um, hey, uh, we need we need some we need somebody to do some a proper investigation here. Uh, but Brad Allen is saying one thing. Video evidence says something. 
all people associated with the Lions are saying something. I would be fascinated to hear if the Cowboys will come out and admit what Brad Allen did. Tell them if he said that Dan Skipper or Taylor Decker or whoever reported is eligible. Um, yeah. So um, that's that. Um, that's Dallas, as uh, as Kevin said in the office. Um, weird, 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 weird. Watson Mata says, okay, and on that last bit, wow. 70 clearly reported and was covered. There is no way the play was legal. Again, if we presume, um, so this is the part that Twitter is dissecting that Brad Allen said. So actually, he didn't have to report at all. So again, if Brad Allen is is going to die on the hill that that it was Dan Skipper, he himself is saying that Dan Skipper didn't need to report. Um, so look, I'm none of us are are mad right about the result of this, um, but. You know, I don't mean to say like it is what it is. It's all it's obviously very easy to do that from our vantage point here. Um, but it does seem um it does seem like this like fate smiled upon the Cowboys. Um Style says either way it appears the refs gave the Cowboys bad information. If the refs told Dallas 70, then we would not cover six eight. That's a great point as well, right? It, at the very least, if Brad Allen truly was operating under the presum- uh, presumption, excuse me, that it was Dan Skipper who reported as eligible, and they told the Cowboys, then you're right. The Cowboys would be covering an ineligible player and therefore wasting, you know, time and space and energy and allowing an eligible player, seemingly, although not according to Brad Allen, to run and roam free, which was, you know, kind of the overall basic defensive game plan prior to that point in that possession. But that's neither here nor there. We've already talked about that. So, uh, very, 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 very strange sequence of events. So that's that. That's Dallas. Um, what a weird game. Uh, but it's in the can. Cowboys got it done. They're 11 and 5. We will see if the chips fall the way we want them to on Sunday. We are big Cardinals fans. We are also big Commanders fans in the event that San Francisco just implodes down the stretch. Uh, we're rooting for the Cardinals and Commanders tomorrow. Do not get that wrong. If something crazy happens, we'll, of course, have you covered here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe. Um, you know, make sure to subscribe wherever we are. Uh, you know, our podcast network. Make sure to visit our website. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or threads, you can do so at RJ Ochoa on TikTok, RJ.Ochoa. You can also email me, RJ.Ochoa at SBNation.com if that is more your thing. Family, we all saw Jimmy Johnson going into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor tonight. And that was a very cool thing. I hope that you all, if I do not speak to you, have a very wonderful, very blessed, very happy, very safe New Year celebration. Um, I mentioned that this is what I get to do for a living. That blessing is not lost upon me. I am very fortunate. And if I could talk to my younger self, uh, the person who thought it was ridiculous that Jimmy Johnson was in the ring of honor or all these different things, um, they would have never believed it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the support you've given us in 2023. We obviously look to earn that same support and more in 2024 on behalf of our staff, uh, on behalf of all of our writers and podcasters and talent and producers and people who do anything associated with blogging the voice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us your time. Um, obviously it's another game week so we'll be back with our normal schedule but i do understand we understand that it's a holiday so please enjoy it as you can with who you want to enjoy it and um if you have a resolution i hope um i hope you get off to a great start with it starting on monday so that's it i love you all with my whole heart all of it mi corazon i love you all let's get out of here have a wonderful happy safe blessed new year's and thanks so much for hanging out everybody go cowboys go jimmy johnson Who cares what the hell happened at the end of this game? It was wild. Y'all have a great night. We'll see you next time.